I heard that Justin Trudeau is allowed to actually raid the Canada Pension Plan Fund to pay for a stylist to make sure his hair looks fancy all the time. Please tell me that's not true. In a cloud in the sky, a worry in my mind. Looks like we're in the click, click, click to live in the light. In today's video, we're going to look at six talking points that you're going to hear over and over about the Canada Pension Plan. And these are done mainly by people who, you know, either hate the government generally or hate the Canada Pension Plan. Uh, you know, maybe I would call them whiners and complainers. We're gonna to look today to see how much of what they're saying is fact and how much is fiction. Now, I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert today. If you don't like facts, if you're one of those people who just likes to talk without actually knowing what you're talking about, you know, go watch the different video, maybe catch a cat video or something, because what we're gonna look at today, um, right or wrong, True or false, we're going to look at what the actual facts are in how our pension plan is run. So, uh, you know, maybe you might not want to watch this. Now, before we get into the video, a couple of things. Number one, if you are already retired, I'd like to have a sort of a quick yes or no comment. Do you feel that you're at risk of losing your Canada pension plan benefits between now and the day that you pass away? Do you feel yes or no that you will get paid your benefits? If you're not yet retired, let's say your 20s or 30s or 40s, you're building your money up to be retired and contributing to the plan, what are the odds? Do you feel that you will not get money or that the plan will be gone by the time you retire? Again, quick comment. I'd like to see what you feel before you look at the evidence and then again after and compare and see how accurate your answer was. I'm gonna speak more about our investing academy later in the video, but for those of you who are interested, just a reminder, it's in the first link down below. Feel free to check it out. Okay, let's get started. Let's look at talking point number one. The Canada Pension Plan is bankrupt or it's going broke and I'm not going to get any of my money. If this was the 1990s, I could see how this was a legitimate concern. Let's look at a little bit of history on the Canada Pension Plan. If we look back to 1996, when some major changes were underway to how to improve the plan, the plan was in serious trouble. In that year, there were $11 billion roughly of contributions that came into the plan and almost $17 billion being paid out. The asset base, so the pool of money to fund the plan was at $38 billion. As you can see by this table, starting in 1995, a deficit started accumulating where more money was going out of the plan than was going in and the program just got worse and worse and it was developing some real long-term problems. Around that time, two major changes were made to the program. Change number one was that the rates of contribution were dramatically increased. The design, uh, the program was designed to, in, to uh, generate a surplus of funds and the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board was established to take those surplus funds and invest them uh, wisely um, over the years to generate uh, a bigger pool of money from which to draw the benefit payments from. That program, those changes have actually worked. The problem is, um, we are still stuck. We collectively are stuck uh, about 25 years ago in our impression of the fund because those talking points continue to be uh, repeated over and over. In fact, uh, about 64% is the most recent survey I saw of Canadians feel that they either will get zero benefits or not the benefits that they're, that they're being promised. Now, there is an actuarial report by law that is produced every three years to just assess the health of the program. And if we look at the most recent report, which was December 31st, 2018, so now almost three years ago, this report is produced by the Office of the Chief Actuary of Canada, and it looks out over the next 75 years to assess how the program's doing, are we on track, are changes needed? If we look back over the last 10 years, the fund has actually done quite well. The plan itself has generated a 10-year annualized return of almost 11%, 10.8, and over the most recent time period in the last five years, about 11%. 
the assets in the fund have grown to almost 500 billion. And remember back in 1996, the assets that they had to draw from were 38 billion. When the plan was set up, they projected that by the year 2028, they would have accumulated $500 billion in funding. Well, they're seven years ahead of that program. So that's a positive sign. You'll also see, given the, what I would call reasonable, uh, very uh, prudent assumptions going forward, that the, that the surplus, which is now projected through till 2040, is expected to grow to be more than $1.5 trillion. I know that I know the fund is often bashed as to you know their investment decisions, but it's actually performed quite well. And if we look back even recently through the COVID crisis, we'll see that the, the fund did drop early in the year, but then they've you know recovered much like the market has and are growing at a reasonable pace. One of the biggest changes for this improved performance is a mandate change. And if we look at this next chart, and we look back at 1999, the Canada Pension Plan had one mandate. All of the money, 100%, was invested in government bonds, Canadian government bonds. As recently as 2006, you'll see that the one investment strategy has changed to six investment strategy. And instead of having just all government bonds, the fund now includes real assets. There is still a healthy component of fixed income, but equities now at the point uh, back in 2006 made up 63% of the fund. You'll also see geographical diversification beyond Canada. Canada at the time had 64% of the assets invested at home here and 36% globally. Now let's look at where we're at today. As of 2021, there are 23 different investment mandates. The fund has grown, like I say, to approximately $500 billion in assets, 23% uh, still in fixed income. The equity component is 55%, uh, almost 56% of the pie chart and real assets, things like infrastructure and types of investments that the average investor just doesn't, uh, doesn't have access to, now comprises 21% of the fund in general. Geographically, the fund invests 84% of the money outside of Canada with about the remaining 16% um, here at home. When we look at all the data, we take everything into account and we look at this talking point of the CPP is going bankrupt, there's not gonna be money there when, I, when it's my turn to collect, I would say that is fiction. I don't believe that the CPP is in any danger as it stands today of running out of money. Your benefits are secure. Talking point number two is that the government is going to raid those funds, uh, raise their pensions, give themselves big raises and just screw the taxpayer. As I mentioned, there is $500 billion sitting in that fund today. Certainly it's an attractive target. The government has a problem though. They actually have a couple of problems. It's called the law. The first hurdle for them is the Canada Pension Plan legislation itself, which is a 249 page document. I'm obviously not gonna get into every detail of it, but the keys are that the funds are segregated from the general revenues. They're not allowed to touch those for any purposes other than the CPP. If we look at the actual act itself, in section 108, there's actually an establishment of a separate account called the Canada Pension Plan account. All the money that comes in from CPP contributions is credited to that account. The legislation specifically says that the money must be transferred into that Canada Pension Plan account, including all amounts received under this act as or on account of contributions under subsections 8.1, 9.1, and 10.1, or otherwise on account of the base Canadian Pension Plan. Following that, there's the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board Act, and it specifically says that once the money is put into, those, into that account, the objects of the board are, and I'll highlight one in particular here, section B, to manage any amounts transferred to it under sections 108.1 or 108.3 of the Canada Pension Plan and its right title or interest in any designated securities in the best interests of the contributors 
and Beneficiaries Act uh, under the Act. So the evidence is in, it's pretty clear. Can the government just willy-nilly go and, and, and pull the money out of the Canada Pension Plan to pay for other things, including Justin's haircuts? Uh, the answer is no, that talking point is just fiction. Talking point number three, the benefits of the Canada Pension Plan pay are so small anyway, it doesn't really matter, it won't even pay for my retirement. You know, you hear often people will say, gee, look at those benefits. The average uh, benefit is somewhere around the $700 range. How am I supposed to retire on that amount of money? The fact is, you're not supposed to retire on that amount, amount of money. The Canada Pension Plan was never anticipated that it would provide for a full and robust retirement to Canadians. In fact, it was established to replace 25% uh, of your average wage, uh, wage that you've earned over your working career. Now, there are changes that have taken place. That's being increased to 33% now, which is an improvement. Um, but it was never designed for a lavish uh, retirement. There has always been the expectation that as a working Canadian, you're also going to help take care of yourself you know, when your retirement years come. So you're expected to invest. You're expected to, uh, you're expected to save some of your money and uh, the CPP will recover the necessities of life, which is what it was designed to do. But if you want extra things in retirement, that's something that you're going to have to put money aside for yourself. Another thing to consider also is the Canada Pension Plan isn't just uh, paying benefits to existing retirees. There's also a disability um, feature to it. There's also a survivor benefit to it. So if uh, one spouse passes away, a portion of the um, pension will move on or to, to, the, to the survivor. And there's also a small, very small death benefit that's payable, but it does you know, form part of the overall program. So it's not quite as simple as if I just took that money myself and invested it, um, I'd be able to have more in retirement. So talking point, uh, the CPP won't pay for my retirement. I think that is in fact a fact. I think it's misunderstood because that's never what the Canada Pension Plan uh, was designed to do. But yeah, if you're retiring only on your Canada Pension ben uh, benefits, um, you're gonna have a pretty tough retirement. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Talking point number four is the Canada Pension Plan is one big Ponzi scheme. Before we get too deep into this, let's remind ourselves what the definition of a Ponzi scheme is. If we look first at the Merriam-Webster dictionary, they define a Ponzi scheme as an investment swindle in which some early investors are paid off with money put up by later ones in order to encourage more and bigger risks. Cambridge Dictionary says it's a way of deceiving investors. In other words, people who give money to a company hoping to get more back by using the money they give to pay interest to existing customers rather than investing it. Now, in a scheme like this, there are two key components. Number one is you're promising to pay existing investors with new investors money. 
And there's a really critical element here. You don't invest that money other than you know, spending it on yourself. So it's new money coming in that is solely funding the existing uh, shareholders, ex existing investors. Now, before the reforms that we spoke about earlier, I could say there were elements uh, you know, similar to a Ponzi scheme, but there's also some big differences in that it's not illegal to um, run the Canada Pension Plan. It is illegal to run a Ponzi scheme. When you factor everything in, despite the fact that there are some similarities between the way the program is structured and a Ponzi scheme, um, is the Canada Pension Plan just a big Ponzi scheme? That is fiction. Talking point number five that you're going to hear a lot is the younger generation is getting screwed because they're paying to fund the elders. Now, this is a very interesting one. Let's have a look at a couple of demographic charts and, and maybe try and explain how this works and why this is happening. If we look at the first chart, this, this is a Canadian age pyramid chart that goes back to 1996 when these changes came about you will clearly notice that the bulk of the Canadian population fell between the ages of 30 and 50 at that time. What do these people do? Typically they're working. These are contributors, so they're putting money into the plan and they're paying for the pensions of the people who are already tired. If we now fast forward 25 years to today, there's a dramatic shift in this pyramid. All of those 30 to 50 year olds 25 years ago are now, of course, 55 to 75. What do 55 to 75 year olds do? Well, typically they're going to be retired. In that 55 to 75 year old band, that is where the bulk of Canadians are now. That, the pension plans for them are being funded by the previous 30 to 50 year olds. And you can see how much narrower that band uh, has come as a percentage of the population. What has caused this major shift? Well, there's three key things that I've identified. Uh, first of all is life expectancy. People are just living older now. And you can see by this chart that, you know, back in the mid 60s, uh, the average uh, life expectancy for a man was 69, a female around 75. Now that has grown to around almost 80 for men and about 85 for women. And that's just projected to go up as medicine you know, increases our lifespan. And uh, by the year 2076, and, and you know, keep in mind that this plan thinks that far ahead, men will be uh, living to an average of about 86 and women to almost 90 by the time uh, we get to that point. Another major factor is just smaller families. The fertility rate in Canada has dropped. Uh, quite significantly, if we look back to the you know 1940s, 50s, 60s, that the the fertility rate was always sort of in the three to three and a half percent range. So there were new workers being born all the time. That has declined uh, over the years to a point where it's only at about one and a half now. So there are fewer workers being born today who will in 18 to 20 years start working, um, who will be funding this big group of people. Who are retired. That's another big contributing factor to why the younger are paying more today. Third key part of this is that immigration, although it's been there, it just hasn't filled the gap with the, with the declining fertility rate. The immigration rate has gone up, but it is projected starting right about now to, uh, to go back down to around the 0.6% uh, level. And there's nothing really obvious that's going to change that. So talking point number five, the younger workers are getting screwed paying for the older, older people. Um, I would say for the three reasons that we've just talked about, and when you just look at the raw way the system is, um, is put together, that is a fact. Talking point number six, and this is a short one, the CPP is a disaster. And I find it interesting when you look online, there's a lot of people who just say this is the worst plan in the world and we're getting screwed. And, and I, I never see any evidence to back that up, but we're gonna look at some evidence today to see how accurate that statement actually is. The first thing we're gonna look at is a report by Mercer Canada and it's the 
uh, Mercer Global Pension Index. And this is a study, this is a recent study from 2020 that looks at three major elements of a pension plan, adequacy, sustainability, and integrity. So it looks at uh, the, you know, the adequacy being, does it provide for a some standard of living or what standard of living that is for a retiree sustainability is the is the plan well funded it will it be there uh, you know can we rely on the money and the third being integrity and this is um, how what is the oversight is the plan you know, can you trust the the information that you're hearing from the plan itself how does canada rank in this well with the most recent study um, although we're not at the very top of this canada ranked number uh, nine in, in the globe De netherlands denmark uh, are ranked to have the best pension systems in the world, but Canada is near the top in nine. And even if you look below Canada, some some economies, some countries you'd expect to do quite well: New Zealand, Germany, Switzerland. You think of you know the UK uh, and even the United States in there. France. You'll see some companies that you would expect uh, would have perhaps stronger plans in Canada based on the rhetoric that you hear. But in fact, from a global perspective, we're not doing bad uh, in that in that regard. Another recent study, 2021, by the Global SWF uh, Annual Report, says that when you look at the uh, external recognition of top pension plan funds, Canada, the CPP itself, is one of the, if not the, uh, most advanced pension plan. And this is just a function of, um, amongst its global peers, how well is the Canada pension plan run? and it is considered to be a, um, a bellwether for other pension plans to follow. So on this talking point, um, is the Canada pension plan a disaster? Uh, unequivocally false. Now moving on to what's not really a talking point, but it is a, a point of confusion. In a recent video I posted, it, talked, it looked at the current contribution rates and looked at how much people are actually contributing to the plan and eventually how much you would get out of the plan. And there is obviously some misconception uh, in that area. We received a comment from a viewer in summary. It says, so if you take $6,332 times 39 years, which is the full contributory period, that's $247. And you take that, you assume it's invested, it'd be close to $940,000. And then he goes on to extrapolate. Um, that's a big chunk of money. And uh, if you lived X number of years, it doesn't make sense. The math doesn't make sense. Where does all the rest of that money go? I thought I would just take a quick moment to clarify that. What he's referring to there, the 6,332, is current contribution rates. So yes, if you earn that maximum contributory amount in 2021, that's the amount you'll contribute. Well, technically you won't contribute that. Your employer will contribute half and you'll contribute half. So first of all, you're actually only contributing half of that or you know $3,166.45. The key to this calculation though, is that that amount has increased every year and it will increase every year. You haven't been contributing $6,332 um, for the last 39 or 40 years. So let's have a look at those numbers. If you look back over the past 10 years, the amounts, as you can see, were lower. And that's because they are adjusted every year. And so if we look to um, 10 years ago in 2011, the maximum amount that a person, individual, would have contributed is $22,1760. Uh, with yours and your employers added to that, or if you're self-employed, 44,3520. So compare that to the 6,332 that went into this calculation today. You can see how that number has uh, increased. Now, if you go back to 39 years ago, the number is uh, dramatically different. If you go back to 1982, an employee would have contributed $268.20. 
to the plan for that entire year, certainly not the 6300 Even counting your employers' uh, contributions to that, the contribution would have been $536.40. I applaud our viewer, our subscriber, who went to the trouble to do those calculations, and it's a legitimate question um, you know, to, to, to second guess. Uh, I would just say, though, clearly the, the math, the input wasn't correct on that. So you know, if he wants to rerun it, factoring in the, the very, very low contributions 39 years ago, running right up to today, that would give him a, a more accurate view of um, whether it's fair, the money you put in, to the money that you're taking out. At the beginning of the video, I asked the question, if you are retired now, do you feel that the government at some point will cut back or you'll lose your benefits? Having listened to the actual facts of the program, uh, is that answer the same? Has it changed? Curious. If you are a younger uh, worker who is contributing to the plan, a uh, question I would ask you is having uh, looked specifically, uh, I would say particularly at the funding and the longevity that the plan is expected to um, to produce, um, do you feel more or less secure? Do you feel that when it comes your turn to retire, are you going to be getting benefits from the Canada Pension Plan? Yes or no? Uh, I think that when you are preparing your projections, when you're planning for retirement, I don't really care how old you are right now. I believe it's legitimate, it's safe, it's conservative, in fact, to factor in a reasonable amount, take the money that the government's projecting that you will get right now um, and put that uh, into your numbers. I don't think that's just going anywhere at all. Near the beginning of this video, I mentioned our investing academy and I have some very exciting news to share. Whether you're a private group member, whether you're a current student of one of our training platforms, we are introducing live sessions starting soon, starting on July 10th for the first one, where you will be able to interact directly with the presenters and we're going to be bringing on a series of presenters to just add some more value to the experience that you're getting and to be you know, enhanced uh, part of the way our community works and we're very excited to um, to unveil that if that's something that interests you you want to learn more about it just click on the first link below that'll take you to the to the website and you can read and, and get all the information that you need there uh, that's a wrap for today's video i hope that these talking points that we've discussed on the Canada Pension Plan specifically uh, have been cleared up, whether they're fact or whether they're fiction, whether they're sort of somewhere in the middle. I uh, hope you found value. If you did find some value in the uh, in the video, I'd appreciate a thumbs up for that. Don't forget to subscribe. We have uh, two, three, four videos a week that we put out on topics similar to this, and we'd like you to be able to catch as many of those as possible. So uh, I will say uh, bye for now, and I thank you for watching. We'll see you in the next video.